Welcome to Christian Life Assembly Online. We are so glad that you were able to join us. We hope you enjoy the message this week from Pastor Jim Poirier. For more information, please visit our website at www.clawinnipeg.org. Or if you have a prayer request, please email us at prayer at clawinnipeg.org. I want to share with you this morning a message called Remember to Rest, and we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 6, verse 1 to 11. Many, many people struggle with, um, with being people pleasers. And I want to share with you a few signs that you might be a people pleaser. You might be a people pleaser if you, if you pretend to agree with everyone. You feel responsible for how other people feel. You apologize often. You feel burdened by the things you have to do, or you, you can't say no. You're uncomfortable if someone is angry with you. You act like the people around you. You need praise to feel good, and you go to great lengths to avoid conflict. And you don't like to admit that your feelings are hurt. One uh, leadership guru said, if you want to be popular, don't be a leader. He said, go sell ice cream. And I want to read this morning from this passage of Scripture in Luke 6. It's a passage of Scripture where we see Jesus Christ addressing an issue head on, face first, and in no way attempting to please the crowd or please people or please the original, the religious establishment. Here's what, he, what happened. On one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain and rub them in their hands and eat the kernels. And some of the Pharisees asked, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. And then Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. And so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. He looked around at them all and then said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. And so we have a really interesting scenario playing out in this passage of Scripture. The first thing that we see Jesus did was he provoked the Pharisees, made them pretty upset. 
Moses' original law concerning the Sabbath was definitely there. But the Pharisees added 39 more prohibitions to the Sabbath day. And on top of, on top of the 39 uh, additional prohibitions on which you can and cannot do, there were numerous subsets of rules and regulations that they had put into place. And they would stand and watch people and judge them harshly and enforce the law and do whatever they could to ensure that the Sabbath, as they interpreted it, would be honored and respected. And so Jesus comes along with his disciples and they're hungry. And what they were doing was they were, were picking the, the, these, this, uh, this grain, whatever, and rubbing it and getting the kernels and then eating it while they were going along on a Sabbath. Now the problem with that is one of the rules was you could not reap or thresh on the Sabbath. You couldn't work your crops, your fields. And so when they would be plucking these ears, they would say, well, you're reaping. And when they would rub them together in their hands, they would say, you're threshing. So to them, it was no different than getting your, your, your team of oxen out and plowing your fields on the Sabbath. So they were basically saying, you're, you're reaping, you're harvesting, you're working on the Sabbath. And the, the role that the Pharisees took was they were, they were spending a lot of time watching Jesus and critiquing and watching and waiting for him to mess up. And it comes out over and over in his interactions with them as we are working through the book of Luke. It provoked, it provoked the Pharisees to no end when Jesus did the things that Jesus did. And the fact is that if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to be an influencer, if you're going to try and have a positive effect on those around you, you're going to be watched and you're going to be criticized and you're going to be scrutinized. Now Jesus obviously knew the difference between what Moses' law said and what the Pharisees had added to the law by way of more rules and, and more commands and more demands. And he understood well that this issue of the not being able to, to pluck these grains and rub them in your hands, he knew that was not a command of God. It was man's rule. And Jesus did not come to endorse the rules of man. He did not come to endorse and, and reinforce religious rules. So he wasn't playing by their rules. He wasn't keeping their rules. Because he was not here to please them. He was here to please his Father in heaven and do the work that he'd been sent to do. So he wasn't trying to comfort and appease and, and conform and fit in and, and still preach his message of the kingdom. He came to do the work of his father. 
And so what we find oftentimes in Scripture is that Jesus teaches higher principles than man's lowly rules and regulations. Many of you would nod your heads in agreement that Christianity has oftentimes suffered by our own hands. That we have sometimes forgotten the principle of loving unconditionally. And when people don't conform, when they don't fit, when they don't follow the rules, we can sometimes act like Pharisees. Been a lot of young people over the generations that have left the church because of rules. They've been hurt because of rules. I think that sometimes we have to admit we've gotten lost in the rules and, and forgotten the principles that Jesus taught. The other area that we can fall down is is maybe people don't leave the church over rules and regulations, but sometimes we push against it and in a quest for freedom and liberty from bondage and guilt, we lose our way that way too by literally falling into sin. And we don't want to do that. You see, principles are risky. Jesus' teaching is risky. Because it's not based on conforming and behaving. It's based on loving and obeying. It's based on following. And again, it's based on relationship with Jesus. And when, when we give people the freedom to live out the principles and the teaching of Jesus and to apply those freely to their lives it can sometimes make the rule makers edgy and uncomfortable because they may no longer conform. But Jesus is more concerned, I think, with the heart of his followers. And I'm going to be talking about that in in, in this moment, that, that Jesus is calling us to a purity in heart a simplicity and devotion. He wants our thoughts. He wants our minds. He wants our love. He wants our devotion. And when we walk in the holiness of God, it transcends rules. It's better than rules. Because we're led by the Spirit. We're filled with the Spirit. We, we respond to the promptings of the Spirit. It's better than rules. It's, it's having an, an undivided heart. It says, Jesus, I want what you want. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to be better than what I could be on my own because you're making me better. It's an undivided heart where Jesus Christ has lordship over our lives. 
and you consider the difference that, that, that can be made in our lives when, when people fully submit and say, I'm going to give you lordship over my, my sexuality, over my morals, over my, my finances, over my work habits, over my tongue, over my thoughts. Jesus can make a huge difference in people's lives. And the second point I want to make this morning is Jesus establishes true authority. So we look at verse number three to five. We're reminded that we are not called just to conform. Our call is a lot higher than that. It's actually to be transformed, to be made, to be, to live in the image of Jesus, the likeness of Christ, to be filled with his spirit. And so there's this, this difference between you follow the rules and you do the right things, and if you don't follow the rules and do the right things, you're, you're out. But we can get caught up in this religious activity and actually in our hearts be far from Jesus. And I've certainly seen a lot of this in my own walk with the Lord where people follow the rules but don't ever cross them. Don't ever disappoint them because they'll hammer you hard and they'll judge you and they'll cast you out and they'll throw you to the dogs because they're just religious. As we look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, it says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves, therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we are different. And oftentimes we're misrepresented and sometimes unappreciated and we know that we're living in an increasingly hostile world. And it means that for us as followers of Jesus, we've got to walk in wisdom, we've got to walk in the Spirit, we've got to be filled with the Spirit, we've got to be led by the Spirit, we've got to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. As shrewd as serpents and as gentle as doves in a hostile world. And I'm afraid that just being a rule follower isn't going to cut it. I think back of the early, back to the early church in Acts chapter 17 when they're talking about Christians and they said they've, they've turned the world upside down. Why? Because they were radically following Jesus. Not following the rules, they were following Jesus. Now Jesus takes the Pharisees back to to the life of David, and he uses David as an example that he actually went into the temple and him and his guys took the consecrated bread and they ate it. He obviously would have had to have looked back at that. There would have been respect for King David. But Jesus was unwilling to compromise truth for tradition. He was unwilling to Conform to popular thought or religion. And then he goes on to say, the Son of Man is the Lord of the harvest. 
it must have made their ears bleed when he said that. See, he wasn't backing down. They're, they're judging him and criticizing him, and he is declaring his lordship over the Sabbath that they thought they owned, that they thought they ruled, that they thought was their given right to enforce. He says, no, no. I'm the Lord over the Sabbath. If you think that Jesus was some kind of a a timid, touchy-feely, wussy, wimpy guy. Just forget it. This was a bold, brazen, in-your-face, poke-your-finger-in-the-bully's-chest. Say, no, this is the way it is. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And don't forget it. He was either the Son of God or he was He was crazy. He was indeed the Son of God. He established and verbalized his authority, and he exercised his lordship over the Sabbath, and he rubbed their nose in their uptight rules, and he defied them. And he was not here to, to violate the Sabbath as they interpreted it, but he was there to liberate it, to free it, to liberate people from the abuse and the oppression of religious thought. But on the other hand, the Sabbath day of rest is good for us. It's good for us. Person that puts money away week by week or month by month has the benefit of, as they get old, having money put away and it's there for them in their old age. It's, it's just set aside. It's theirs. And so it is when we do honor the Sabbath and make it a day of rest that God multiplies back to us his blessings, strength. He replenishes us. He restores us. And I think in many ways he prolongs our lives. And when we look at the last 30 or so years in our own country where we have basically done away with the Sabbath day, look at, look at the problems in our culture. Anxiety, depression, fear. All of these things because we don't stop. We all need that day. Third, uh, helping the helpless. As we look at verse 6 to 11, we see... Jesus moving from we see Jesus moving from um, the field to the temple and Jesus is reestablishing the beauty and the benefit of the Sabbath day of rest but he's also showing that there's another part of it that is valuable and important. That the Sabbath day was not just a time to rest, but a day to do good. Now, I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up not exactly loving Sundays, not exactly loving the Sabbath, because our house basically went into lockdown mode. <laughs> now, 
you know, you see these stores with these blinds that come down on the outside, the steel blinds for security. If we had those, we would have put them down because we were in lockdown mode. Mom and dad would go to sleep and all we could do was play Monopoly. That was the, I hate Monopoly to this day because I had to play it every Sunday with my brother and sister. And of course, one of us would get caught cheating and then the fighting would start and then the Monopoly board would get put away and now we'd have to go to bed. That was Sunday. And that's how we interpreted Sunday in those days. That's how we did Sundays. That's how it seemed everybody did Sundays. That was what we understood it to be. Lock it down and don't have fun. Don't enjoy it. But Jesus comes along, he's in the temple, and there's this guy with a withered hand. And Jesus sees him. He says, come here. Stand up so everybody can see you. Makes this big public display. Stand up. And stretch forth your hand. Some commentators say that by the time he stretched forth his hand, he was healed. He was healed. And Jesus looks at the crowd. And he knows he's being watched by critics. He knows they're out to get him. And so the Lord of the Sabbath asked a question. Is it lawful on Sabbath to do good or evil? To save a life or destroy it? He confounds them. And really the works, the works of love that are done for good I don't think they violate the Sabbath. And Jesus certainly was, many of his miracles happened on the Sabbath. Many of them did. Now, why was this a problem? Well, if there were rules about that, there were rules about how you could help people on a Sabbath. And it would mean that the religious establishment would walk past problems and situations and people in distress because they, they couldn't work. They couldn't do any good. Jesus wasn't going to walk past. And I want to just leave this little question with you. They were obviously, the Pharisees were obviously not happy about Jesus. They weren't happy about him doing this work of healing in the temple, in their temple, in front of everybody, making a spectacle of them. They weren't happy about that. And so the last part of this section of scripture, was they started to talk to each other and murmur, the question was asked, what are we going to do about this Jesus? What are we going to do to him? What are we going to do with him? What do we do? Because he's making us look bad. He's not keeping the rules. And everybody's following him, and, and they like him. And we're losing control. We're losing our grip. What are we going to do? But Jesus. And so as I close this morning, 
That question has been asked for centuries. By humanists, by communists, by princes, by presidents, by kings, by queens, and by the common man. What are we going to do about Jesus? And so let me ask you this question. What are you going to do this week about Jesus? Are we going to see him as a rule maker or a rule breaker? Are we going to try and conform or be transformed? Are we going to be fully filled with his presence and his spirit? Or just try and be good people? What are we going to do about Jesus? Let's bow in prayer. Thanks for listening to Christian Life Assembly's Message of the Week. Be sure to check us out at clawinnipeg.org for more information.